Hi, this is Rodders from the Stand and Deliver Comedy Club, and you're listening to The Real Reading Podcast. Hello! I'm Hugh Fort. I'm Jenny Slevin. And I'm Tom Canning. And welcome to episode 17 of The Real Reading Podcast. We're recording this on Wednesday the 9th of May, and our special guest this week is Rodri Buttrick from the Stand and Deliver Comedy Club. Uh, if you want to get involved in the show, you can follow and write to us on Twitter at Real Reading Pod. You can look us up on Facebook by searching for Real Reading Podcast. And if you are able to, please leave us a lovely review on Apple Podcasts. As well as the interviews with Rodri this week, uh, we have all the usual features, including what we've liked uh, and Fort Explains It All, which is about you. We are talking to about the local elections in Reading. And how that has affected everything. Yes. Good. I'm looking forward to it, Hugh. That sounds great. Um, we've obviously uh, going through some rather hot weather at the moment and an unseasonably sunny bank holiday weekend. Um, what did you get up to, guys? We didn't see each other. <laughs> I went to the tip. <laughs> That's what most people do Which, on bank holiday weekend. Surprisingly, wasn't that smelly. Oh. Considering how hot it was, it was it was far less smelly than it has been previously. You would you would think that on a hot, hot, hot bank holiday weekend, the hottest on record, I believe, as well, it would stink. Yes. Didn't. No, it was fine. Wow. It was quite nice. Yeah. Well, it was nice, but fine. Um, and then I went to B&Q and then I painted my shed. Uh, and I had a couple of barbecues as well. Yeah. It was a nice weekend. What did you get up to? Um, oh, we painted the deck it, and a bench, which is in sad need of painting. It all looks very nice now. I presume that's a deck in your garden rather than of, of a ship. Oh, yes. no, he owns a yacht. <laughs> oh, did you not notice? Uh, oh, right. As soon as you moved out, I was able to afford all sorts of things like yachts. Are you, in fact, a Russian billionaire? Uh, if I was, I wouldn't be here. He's got a good accent, <laughs> hasn't he? Very, yeah. I've done it for Very many believable. years. Very <laughs> believable. Hugh, did you paint anything? I did of course not paint, didn't. I did not paint anything, no. Neither any objects nor the town red. Um what did I do on Saturday? I was, I was just at home on Saturday, just chilling out, enjoying sitting inside, complaining that it was too hot a lot of the time. Um, on Sunday, I played a sport that apparently I'm not allowed to talk about anymore. We did a whole talk segment. About it too much now, we did a whole segment on it. That was, you'll be pleased because we played against Bracknell and they beat us. Good. Come on, Bracknell. <laughs> on the real Reading podcast. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, I'll hide my true colours. And then I was working on Monday, so. Oh, so unfair. <laughs> Were you in this office? Yes. It was very hot in this office. It was office. quite warm, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, guys, uh, on to what we've liked this week. Jenny, what did you enjoy, or what did you most enjoy this week? This week, I have enjoyed looking at pictures of Wilder's Folly um, that Hugh dug out from a lovely photographer in Reading, Mr Emmett. Uh, Hugh, what's his first name? Matt Emmett. Matt Emmett has yeah. taken Emmett. some some brilliant pictures of Wilder's Folly, which, if you don't know, don't. is the large round brick tower, which you can kind of almost see from the M4, but it's um, it's it's a folly. Right. Built by Henry Wilder in 1768 in Sullum. So if you go through Sullum Woods, off of Little Heath Road in Towerhurst. Uh, down the gully, which is where I used to do cross country it's <laughs> with the <laughs> school, um, you'll you'll find this this big large brick tower, which to my surprise wasn't built for the sole purpose of sixteen year olds finding a place to drink white lightning tea. So that's certainly what I used it for <laughs> in in 
in, in my teenage years, <laughs> but uh, <clears throat> apparently it's it's actually um, it's actually a symbol of love. So Henry Wilder built the tower for Joan Thoit, who he later married, and he built it in between their two family homes. So there was a staircase inside. Originally, there isn't a staircase inside anymore, and there's a viewing platform, and from that viewing platform, you can see both of their family homes. And these pictures that Matt Emmett has taken just show it in lots of different stunning lighting and from different angles, and they're really nice, aren't they? And in different weather. There are some oh. sunny ones and there is a snowy one as oh, well. Okay. Looks, I think looks like quite quite Game of Thrones-y. <laughs> right. <laughs> and I'm told that at the moment it's surrounded by a glorious carpet of bluebells. Oh, wow. So worth going to see at the minute. It has no, it's not occurred to anybody that, that Mr Wilder built a tower as a symbol of his love. It was the seven, oh, 1700s. Okay. So cool. uh, he must have had a few quid, no. though. I'm perhaps he couldn't make a mixtape pack then. <laughs> I'm perhaps reading a little bit too much into it. But. <laughs> um, Hugh. Yes, this is also a photo related. This is uh, something I've liked this week, but I like every week. It's one of my favourite jobs of the week, and it's looking back at the uh, through the archives of old pictures of Reading. Oh, thank goodness. Oh. I thought it was going to be playing cricket. Yes. Not, not <laughs> looking, through, looking through my old scores. My, I had a very good season in 1994. <laughs> and no one can back that up, so carry yes. on. Yes, the archives were destroyed. No, um, <laughs> Terrible fire. Um, yes, so these particular pictures were of Oxford Road in 1968, um, which is a long time before I was born. Yeah. And it was the uh, the installation of a pedestrian crossing, which doesn't seem, seem like, <laughs> doesn't seem particularly exciting. I'm not sure we would take a picture of it now, but yeah. I think in 1968 they were quite revolutionary. And there's some lovely old pictures. You can see all the old cars and the old shops, and there is a timeless picture of the, a little girl, quite clearly desperate to press the button <laughs> which you still see nowadays at pedestrian yeah. crossing so it's obviously a winning formula for entertaining children before they cross the road um, and we, we love this feature and we will we will use this opportunity to to ask if anyone's out there um, who wants us to see if we can look back through the archives um, but to get in touch um, we've got pictures going way way back we would need a, a rough date and a rough year and what they are of um, and we can see if we can find them with our, with our team um, and then write about them. Um, so or if you've got any, yeah. feel free to or send them in. Or if you've got any, send, send them in, yeah. We will, uh, we will publish them. If, and we, you know, we, <laughs> 70, 60s, 70s, 80s. Even the 90s. 90s yes. Even the 90s. Probably won't do any in the last few years because people probably remember them probably <laughs> well. But, but um, it's yeah, just anything that shows, shows, shows the town as it was. Uh, horrifyingly the 90s wasn't a few years ago no, even the no. noughties is almost yeah. ancient history these days this, this is true this and is we're true. almost in 2020 this, yes. it's always amazing looking at back at some of those old pictures and the fact that there were still traffic jams in the 60s oh uh, well they called them traffic jams yeah. but they were light traffic <laughs> to by today's standards yeah, incidentally true. I got held up at the uh pedestrian crossing in Caversham this week by a little boy who was so desperate to cross to push the button that he did it after he'd already crossed the road oh, and his uh, mother couldn't quite get him in time to stop him <laughs> and I saw it happening and then the lights went amber and I had to stop did you like, curse oh him? no because he's a little boy and I remember being <laughs> excited to push the button I think his brother probably got to press it 
he wanted to go. Fair enough. Okay. What, what I always think about when I look at those pictures is those old cars and uh, how incredibly hard to drive they must have been. <laughs> and how if you put anyone who has a modern car now into one of those, yeah. they'd probably break their wrists, not be able no to... Power steering. No power steering. No power steering. No seatbelts. No seatbelts. Incredibly uncomfortable. Yes. And they would almost certainly break down all the time as well. I don't know if that's entirely true. I think they're probably quite reliable, most of them. That's not... Less what. things to go wrong. Yes. Yes, no computers. Potentially. They're probably easier to fix. But <laughs> my reliable sources from that period tell me that cars were rubbish, but you just didn't realise because there were no, no other cars to compare them to. They were all rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> Rather than now. We'll have to it's like it. in 60 years time when people listen to other podcasts and look back and remember how rubbish this one is but they didn't realise at the time how rubbish it was they really enjoyed it <laughs> do you think in 60 years time we would have got it got it right I don't know maybe we'll have our own studio in 60 years time <laughs> uh, instead, of, instead of borrowing a spare room I'll be 96 so I'm not sure I'm not even going to try and work my age because I'm younger than you so I'm going to leave it at that um, mine this week is uh, quite an exciting one um, given that Reading men's team have now finished their season and no longer have use of the Medeski Stadium Reading women are playing in the Medeski Stadium on Saturday I see against now Liverpool. we're not using it the girls can yeah. have a go right. I, I mean arguably Reading women have been much more successful this season and probably should have had first dibs all season to be honest <laughs> Um, they normally play out at Wickham Wanderers in Buckinghamshire, which is a fair old distance. But Reading having a really good season this season. Um, I think they're third in the the FA Women's Premier Division, um, and they've got some really good players as well. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with Farrell Williams at all. Yes. Uh, England record caps. Oh, I'm thinking of a different Pharrell Williams. That's Pharrell. I'm talking Pharrell. I thought you just said it wrong. <laughs> no. I was like, he's bless him. He's, he's he doesn't he doesn't know how to say it. It's like when I thought Jay Z was called Jay Z. <laughs> no, so just to confirm, Pharrell Williams does not play for Reading Women. Pharrell Williams doesn't. She's got the most caps for. England, 168 caps, she's also Reading's top scorer, and there's a host of Irish internationals, New Zealand internationals in that Reading team, and it'd be well worth heading down and having a watch. Um, and I did check, they have already beaten Liverpool 3-0 this season, so um, the odds are you might expect a Reading victory at the Modeski Stadium on Saturday. 168 caps, yes. God, they must play a lot of games. I think they do, yes. Wow. Quite quite regularly and often, but yeah, 168 caps. Anyway, that's it. Thanks, guys. Now it's time for Fort Explains It All. Yes, well, today we're going to talk about the uh, local elections which were held last week in Reading. Um, seats were up in 15 of 16 wards in Reading, and uh, it wasn't remarkable. There wasn't a massive swing to, to any party. Labour still control the council, but the, the local Tory party will be pleased because they did increase their number by two. They took one seat from the Lib Dem. Lib Dems, uh, that's Ricky Devine in Tarhurst, who has uh, unfortunately now lost his seat. And also they took another seat in the Kentwood Ward, um, which is in Tarhurst, of, of Councillor Glenn Dennis. So uh, the Tories, there is now a stronger opposition to Labour on, on Reading, um, which is no doubt a good thing in terms of democracy, um, that they can shout louder and oppose harder. Um, but the, the Labour still comp- Labour still control the council. Lib Dems have gone down from two to one uh, councillors, and um, the one Green Party seat 
which was Rob White, who's the leader of the Green Party, a very hard-working councillor. He, he won his seat back, so not a great deal in terms of change in the local elections, but um, the, as I say, the Tories, the Tories will be relatively happy. Um, one problem it does create is that uh, Glenn Dennis, who lost his seat in Kentwood, was the deputy mayor, Right. which means um, that after the election, he was due to, to be the actual mayor. Um, okay. But however, he, he lost his seat, so there is now, as it stands, no one to step into the to, to the breach and be the mayor for the for Reading Borough Council uh, this year. So, can you explain why he was due to be the next mayor? So, there's a mayor now, there was a, there is a mayor now, Councillor Rose Williams. Yeah. Glenn Dennis was her deputy mayor, uh, so he will stand. Uh, standing for a, if she's got a clash of events, he will go around meeting people as well, but not with the same sort of intensity as the the mayor. And Wears what, a slightly smaller and less sparkly chain as deputy mayor. This is true. <laughs> he does. He, 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 yeah, he works hard, and it's the idea is to, to have a sort of transition. If you're deputy, you sort of know know what to expect when you become the right. mayor. Um, so the problem is now he's so sorry. So it's normal that the deputy mayor then moves on to be the, the actual mayor. So to, it kind of to runs the mayor. Yeah. So right. it's it's a tra- yeah, it's a transition. So so that so they would Councillor Dennis would have become the mayor, and they would have chosen a new deputy mayor, who will then be mayor in 20, 2019. And how do they choose the deputy mayor then? They just um, put themselves the council the Labour councillors decide amongst themselves. So if you were a councillor, you'd say, "Can I be mayor?" Right. And then they would have a vote on whether you, they think you would be a suitable mayor, and um, you would then become the deputy mayor to do it next year. Okay. So now they've got a problem because he lost his seat. They haven't got a mayor. This is Glenn Dennis lost his. So seat. they need to choose a new mayor and a new deputy mayor now. Uh, yes, yes. So he would have taken over as mayor, and a deputy would have been chosen. But now they've got to find someone who's prepared to be mayor at quite short notice. <laughs> Um, whether there is that person there, I don't know, but it will it will be revealed shortly. There's a the first meeting of the councillors on the twenty third of May, I think. So hopefully they would have sorted it all out by then. But I, I um, the mayor, being the mayor is a very demanding job, and it requires you to give a lot of time yeah. up. And if you have a job, your your employer, you have to have to work alongside your employer to have time off and um, work around being the mayor. So. Be interesting to see um, whether that is an easy process. There is someone who who is able to do that. Um, you know, maybe someone's retired um, or works part time or something to allow it. But um, it poses a little bit of an issue for Reading Borough Council over the next few days. I do remember uh, a few years ago we had one of the, someone who worked in the production department of the Reading Evening Post, as we were back then. Yeah. Um, he became mayor or he was the deputy mayor and oh, you'll have to forgive me I don't remember I should have checked the exact details but I, th- I think he, he certainly took some time out of, of work uh, to, go and, to go and do the mayoral bits and bobs yeah there That's are a lot right. of ceremonies aren't there you've got to cut a lot of ribbons and make a lot of appearances yeah. and yeah, generally yeah. represent the town at community engagements yes. things like um, things like Remembrance Day and stuff like that which is later on this year um, the mayor the mayor is at so it's a very busy schedule um, so there is potentially there could be an issue with finding someone who's able to commit that time at short notice but I think they'll they'll manage something I'm sure yeah. I'm sure they won't not have a mayor <laughs> but who it is and, and how they'll go about it I don't know there was one other talking point wasn't there 
Yes, uh, yes, the um, the very very young councillor, Sir Ellie Emberson, who's nineteen, um, was elected in the Minster ward. She won the seat. <coughs> Forgive me, I can't remember Excuse the exact me. numbers, but she won quite comfortably. Um, and um, she's been involved in politics from quite a young age, and it's it's really good to see. It's, uh, she's certainly one of the youngest uh, councillors elected in these elections in the country, um, and it's really good to see. It's really you know. There's quite a good mix of ages on Reading anyway, but then to have someone who is in, still in their teens, um, giving us perspective of people from that from that generation on, on mm. what it's like to be that age um, is really good. And you think she, you know she's potentially in for a, for the long for a long long stint on the council as well. It um, is good, isn't it? There's but, but she's had a lot of backlash on on social media, which has been quite nasty from people. I, I won't repeat what they've been saying, but they've basically been alluding to the fact that she won't do a very good job because she is so young. But like you say, it's it's important to have a spread of a lot of different ages so exactly. that everybody is represented. And, and I'd be interested to know if those people who are insulting her on uh, social media and telling her she doesn't know what to do as part of a council have ever stood for any kind of mm. role in the politics. Or even voted. What, or was the, what was the turnout in Reading this year? It was about 34%. It was pretty, uh, pretty low. Um, I think uh, the feeling is, I spoke to Joe Lovelock about this, um, who's the leader of Rain Borough Council, and she says people are electioned out after, <laughs> after Brexit, <laughs> after Brexit, after the snap election last year that no one was expecting, and then and the local elections in Reading again. There was um, a general election before the referendum as well, wasn't there? There or? was, yeah. We, we've, done, we've had a lot of votes. Um, and, yeah, we, we think that people... I'm not sure the turnout in council elections is never massively high, but it's it's usually a bit better than it was. Yeah. Um, a lot of people don't really yeah. consider their local councillor until they actually physically need to need them to do something <laughs> for them. So, so uh, yeah, so uh, it was an interesting night, enjoyable, enjoyable to cover it through the night. And um, Labour is still in charge. The Tories, Tories will be able to put a bit more pressure on them. And we will move on through the council cycle to, I think there are more elections next year. So we'll have to see. So another, yes, it's every three of every four years. Three every four years, yeah. yeah so. Okay, thank you. Um, that's great. We've now got a pre-recorded interview with Rodri Butchick from Stand and Deliver Comedy Club. Roll the tape. Buttrick from Stand and Deliver Comedy Club. Roger, thanks for coming in. Oh, no problem at all. Um, so tell us a little bit about comedy, Stand and Deliver Comedy Club. Um, where is it? It is above Smoking Billy's, which is opposite the Metro Bank, right in St Mary's Butts. So uh, got that coveted RG1 postcode. Oh, fantastic. And yes. uh, yeah, we're in a, um, I think a lot of people go in there on a Saturday evening. They might not have strayed upstairs unless you're a real member of the Reading Arts community because upstairs uh, in Smoking Billy's there is a wonderful little 40 to 50 seater venue with a okay. lovely little lighting rig and uh, it feels like you're somewhere secretive and exclusive <laughs> and it's where my comedy club happens 
uh, once a month, second is, Thursday of every month usually. Is this a new venue? Is it a new venue? No, it's been in Reading for yonks and yonks and yonks, but uh, has had various name changes. Okay, and it, it, it's these these are the stairs leading up next to the smoking billies. Yeah, or you can get into it going inside as well. Lovely. Um, so talk to me about the, the comedy club itself. How did it start? It started, I got involved in smoking billies because it's kind of become an underground hub for the arts uh, Bill the guy who runs it is just one of the most open minded people going <laughs> and sometimes that place is a bustling nightclub yeah. but I started getting involved there because an improv troupe started training there and I've been doing stand up for a while and yeah. I wanted to do a bit more improv so I could handle heckles and do a bit <laughs> more crowd work and that's where the What's the Game improv troupe train every Wednesday and so I kind of got dragged in there and I've been given loads of chances over the last couple of years to run a comedy club and I've, I've said no because the venues haven't been quite right so comedy's like black magic you kind of need yeah. or witchcraft you need everything to be in the right place like the, the even the type of chairs or or how you face it the audience yeah. every, every little thing matters you need a room away from the main bar you need proper lighting you need a lot of things to add up together to make the magic that is comedy and that venue just had it all and um, I, I run it with uh, my friend Lucas Jolson who is another promoter and comedian uh, he helped me set it up and helps me book it and uh, Bill the owner of Smoking Billies uh, took a punt on uh, me who at that point had had no track record for running clubs at all uh, so yeah <laughs> I started making stuff off uh, making stuff up on the spot with yeah. uh, the improv troupe and wound up uh, doing an awful lot of admin <laughs> in the name of comedy which is great how uh, how long has it been running? It's uh, it's just over two years old. It's my, oh, wow. my little baby. It's meant yeah. to talk, walk, tell jokes, <laughs> and entertain people. So now you specifically told me not to ask you to tell a joke. So oh no, I can't. I'm not, I'm not allowed. Oh okay. No, I'm not. Um, if someone heard this, which hopefully they will, because it's your <laughs> podcast, they'd take my comedy license away from me. Oh really? Because this isn't a licensed comedy premise premises, oh, is it? Okay, well, that makes sense. Now. Yeah, I mean, it's, right. It's a serious business joking. <laughs> You're saying, telling me that with such a straight face. That's, that's marvellous. Um, so, what type of events? I mean, obviously, comedy events, but talk to me about what happens on the comedy night. Well, we have a real range of, of, uh, of acts, because uh, some, some people say, oh, well, I only like one-liner comics, I only like storytellers. Some people have only seen comedy on TV. Yeah. So we try and have a real range of different types of acts, different types of people, different styles of, of, uh, of humour. So hopefully there'll be something for most people in there. Yeah. I mean, you do have to have a sense of humour. If you turn up without one, <laughs> you will have a miserable time. But if you have a sense of humour... Uh, then you'll enjoy it. We're trying to be somewhere between the top end uh, expensive comedy clubs and uh, the low end free entry uh, comedy clubs. We charge £6, which is a bargain for a whole night of entertainment. 15 quid if you also want a two-course meal from Smoking Billies. Eat your own body weight in ribs there. It's great. And we, we try to book a range of acts and you'll always get... Generally, we have a full-time professional comedian with yeah. years and years of experience hosting the night and headlining the night. In the middle, we have comedians doing 10-minute performances. They've performed. Uh, you won't have seen them on the TV, but they're certainly not new. They're the up-and-coming hungry comics. They perform generally between 150 and 200 times. Oh, wow. And those are the most exciting acts because you, you can sit there guessing who's going to be the, be the next best thing. And I, I know that when I used to go and watch comedy nights regularly uh, as a student... 
I wouldn't even look at the lineup. I'd go once or twice, and then I trust the booking, yeah. and then I keep going back because if it was funny last yeah. show, unless the booker's completely lost his mind, it should be funny again. And uh, yeah, so it's, it's uh, you know what you're going to get, and the yeah. tents are going to get lots of people telling jokes. But each month is a totally different lineup. Fantastic. And occasionally I pop up on it as well. <laughs> so what if? Um... What if, obviously, you know, I decided that I wanted to go and do a little bit of stand-up? I mean, obviously, you've heard the calibre of my jokes on the podcast. I know you've listened a few times. So what, what if I decided? Is there anything for, for someone like me who's never done it before? It would not at my night. Uh, yeah. we, we take, a, we take a, a punt now and again on very new comics. We give them a five-minute spot. But generally, they've performed 50 to 100 wow. times. Okay. It wouldn't be... A, because they, they, we, we've spoiled the audience rotten. They've had comedians who have been on the telly. Yeah. Uh, so they've got... They're a very nice audience, but we've, <laughs> we've spoiled them rotten. So it's it wouldn't be fair yeah. on a new act to put them on. But I had a new act get in touch with me recently. And uh, so I sent them a list of, of, of open mic nights so they could go hone their craft at. Because I've only been performing comedy about a few years myself. So I know what it's like to, to write to a promoter <laughs> and get ignored yeah. so I try very hard not to do that I'll, I'll send you places to go because um, to be honest it's it, I'm not competitive when it comes to other comics they're, they're you know they're, they're all part of the whole comedy yeah. community aren't they so if I can help an up and coming comic why not because more experienced comics give yeah. me advice every every yeah. single week so I want to sort of give back to that as well and I guess one day if, if one of those is, is quite good they might remember that you, you did that and then, yes. and then come and come and play one of your games exactly well. that's the hope that's, so that's fun so um, okay talking about the bill then um, any have you had any famous acts what famous acts have you had on uh, Patrick Monaghan who won ITV's Show Me The Funny a yeah. few years back constantly sells out theatres did our 50 seater venue uh, sold the place out weeks in advance and was absolutely amazing. And he played my room like he was playing live at the Apollo. I mean, he just seemed to be having such fun. And that's that's the best thing about Patrick Monaghan. Yeah. Um, we've also had Robert White, who, if you've been watching Britain's Got Talent, a musical keyboard um, okay. singing person who uh, uh, brilliantly ripped into the judges <laughs> and got four yeses. Uh, we've, so we, we've had him perform. And we tend to get a lot of the... If, if you're into your comedy, if you're a bit of a comedy anorak... Um, you, you will have uh, you'll you'll know a lot of the the names we have headlining. And, uh... Okay, so um, I wanted to ask just uh, just in terms of comedy itself as well. Your favourite comedian, someone that you you look up to, Paul Foot, I think. Okay, if you don't know him, Google him. Um, I've seen him at South Street a few times. Okay. Uh, he's the only comedian who I'm a member of their fan club. So I watch <laughs> an awful lot of comedy. I tend to enter myself in comedy competitions. Yeah. Uh, Sometimes get knocked out of them, and then I watch the rest of the show and normally book all the comics who have knocked me out. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I watch a lot of comedy. So I'm constantly sitting there going, oh, that's a good good callback. Oh, would that work in my room? So yeah. I'm appreciating it as a bit of work. Whereas yeah. I watch Poor Foot and I laugh like a child. I laugh like I've never been involved in the whole yeah. comedy business, inverted commas. Um, it's just very surreal, and you can't analyse his humour, uh, and you don't know why you're laughing, but... Uh, but you are, uh, and I, I just think he's, he's incredible. That sounds like quite a, quite a good way um, to book a, book a night as well. You get knocked out and then book everybody that's allegedly better than you. Mm-hmm. That seems like quite a good way of doing it. Really. If I agree with the competition, I yeah. do that. Fair enough. Well, um, and I wanted to ask as well, so locally then, your favourite Reading comedian? Izzy Lawrence would be my favourite Reading-based. Okay. Um, Tilehurst to be... But oh, I won't really? give out her postcode. That would be unfair no, 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 and that's... probably dangerous. <laughs> um, but she is 
Uh, I've known her for a while, and she's an incredible act. Uh, Saturday nights, she'll be taming stag do's and hen do's in the big rowdy uh, 500-seater plus rooms. And she also does history shows at the British Museum and has history podcasts, so really? c- has a huge range. And she has saved my bacon so many times. We've, we've had her perform at the club three times, one of which was at half an hour's notice, because <laughs> I had an unfortunate incident where a headliner dropped out during... The second interval, I got an email from their agent, and uh, I phoned Izzy, and she said, and uh, um, she was coming back from opening a club in London, and she was like, well, I won't get in the bath then. And she got the train over from Tilehurst. <laughs> I went on stage, did 15 minutes, yeah. uh, <laughs> desperately waiting for Izzy to turn up. And uh, so, yeah, she is at Save, Stand and Deliver oh, on, wow. on uh, one occasion. Um you mentioned to me as well, and you've got your. This is a podcast. This is a uh, a sort of reasonably well listened to podcast. But you've got your own podcast. Yeah. Um. What's it called? It is the Stand and Deliver podcast. Okay. So stand, band. Stand and Deliver comedy podcast. Okay. So if you type that into yeah. iTunes, or if you just go to rodders.com, that's that's my stage name, R H O D E R S dot com, yeah. and click on podcasts. It's me chatting to some of the uh, some of the acts who've, who've come through the doors at the Stand and Deliver okay. Comedy Club. You'll hear clips of their sets, and if you're a bit of a comedy anorak, it's uh, us talking about comedy for a while, and you get okay. behind the nitty gritty. How do they write their material? Uh, why do they start stand up in the first place? All that good stuff as well. Right, so I mean, I mean, that's so. Who have you had on? Just uh, just to think off the top of your head. Um, I recently. We did an episode, we recorded it in Banbury. We were doing, okay. I was part of a 96-hour world record-breaking comedy show. Yeah. 96 hours straight. So I was performing there three times, 2 a.m., 8 a.m., <laughs> and 6 p.m. And I talked to the owner of that comedy yeah. club, and I talked to um, an act called Olga Koch, who is uh, um, brought up in America, was born in Russia... And it's just an absolute explosion of personality. Has <laughs> emceed my comedy club before, so so we talked to yeah. her, and uh, we, we've got a few guests scheduled for the podcast, which are, I won't mention yet. Sure, is that is that weekly or is it? It's, just uh, it should be. It, I think it's going to be every two weeks. Okay, I'm uh, still finding my feet with it. We're five episodes in, and Fantastic. apparently most podcasts are dead by uh, episode ten. But we oh, will we will get to episode get, ten. We, we were told, we were told uh, this will never last past episode six, so we're delighted to be on episode. It will. Be, I think by the time this one comes out, it'll be episode sixteen or seven. I can't remember. Now. I bet that person is still subscribed. Uh, well, they definitely listen, ha! definitely listen. <laughs> exactly. and, and if they do we'll hear about it in, mm-hmm. uh, in the following week so um, Rodri I just wanted to check as well just uh, dates coming up uh, we are usually the second Thursday of every month uh, but June yeah. we're having a bit of a change around because um, I'm going on holiday oh, um, <laughs> I know right first, exactly well, I've got to go rock climbing in the Pyrenees oh, you, well, you've got to have a life yeah. outside comedy or as what do you talk about on stage <laughs> um, very, I look forward to your rock climbing set when, yeah, uh, when you return yeah hopefully no yeah no uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dying on stage is preferable to dying rock climbing I, I one so, is yes, figurative yeah. and, the, and the other isn't quite so figurative um, uh, Paul Cox is the man who is uh, hosting and emceeing that. He was a Portsmouth New Comedian of the Year. Yep. He's one of these comedians I will not be able to book in a few months' time. So I'm okay. getting him before uh, he goes stratospheric. Fantastic. And uh, we'll have a whole range of acts as well. Um, do you go watch live comedy um, at all? I haven't done for quite a long time. did in uh, London a little while ago. Saw uh, Kevin Bridges as well mm. uh, a couple of years ago when he played in uh, Southfield Park in Bracknell. 
Um, but no, nowhere near as much as I could. To be perfectly honest, I used to go to Junglers in, on Forest yep. Street on a fairly regular basis, but I'm right in thinking that's not there anymore. No, it hasn't been there for. It's uh, now just another comedy club. Wow. Um, okay. But there is. Um, it. I think I, I don't watch much comedy on TV because yeah. I don't think it works because if you've never been to because a lot of people who come to my club have never been before and the thing yeah. that puts them off they're worried about the comics ripping into them yeah. doesn't tend to happen especially in the smaller rooms yeah. also most comics they want everyone to have a nice time yeah. they're born people pleasers and live in a room of less than 100 there's a real sense of excitement yeah. anything could happen comedians quite often drop their sets and make the whole thing up <laughs> so there's a real sense of danger and there's no editing because it's yeah. real life so you yeah. can have some real proper fun and you can't feel stage presence through a screen I've got one last question that I've just come up with mm-hmm. um, I wanted to just ask one comedy com- one booking that you could make uh, if you could make any booking in the world who would you Ooh, that, that, that absolutely is a- alive or dead Oh, that is. I would do a. Well, I would have I mean, an. I'd have, un, have, I'd have an unlimited uh, budget. Yeah, I would. Oh, yes. I would. I'd have. I'd have Paul Foot, and then I'd have. I'd bring back Tommy Cooper. Fantastic, Fez and everything. Exactly. Amazing. His Fez would open the show on its own. I think. <laughs> I think it would get a definite laugh. Uh, Rodri, thank you very much for coming into the. No worries. Offices. Thank you for having me. That was Rodri Buttrick from Stand and Deliver Comedy Club. Um, I thought it was really, really interesting to listen to him and, and talking to him. Um, he's very keen on helping comedians. He knows very much what it's been like sort of starting out and he's very keen on, on helping out other comedians. Um, he did ask me just to read out the Stand and Deliver Comedy Club website, which is on facebook.com slash night. Uh, it's well worth having a look on there to see when the next events are. There's usually one a month. Um, unfortunately, we've just missed the one this month. It was uh, on Thursday night, Thursday the 10th of May, but there will be another one in June, so keep an eye out on that and go and like the page. He's also got a Stand and Deliver Comedy Club podcast, which is just starting up, so go and check that out. You can listen to both podcasts. You can, it yes. Have to be one or the other. You don't, you don't need just one <laughs> podcast in your life. There is, of course, several Reading podcasts now, including Reading FC podcasts. I felt really sorry for Rodri when you were talking to oh, him. Oh, did you? Because you'd... He'd made you promise not to ask him to tell a joke. He did. And then he told you a joke, and I don't think you understood that it was a joke, and it all kind of fell a bit flat. <laughs> did I? What joke so did I make? So it was just about when you were talking about yeah. him not telling a joke, and then he was saying that he'd lose his licence because, because joking was a serious business. I'm sure that was a joke. I don't think you need a licence to have to, to, to tell a joke. <laughs> and you're just your okay, just tumbleweed oh. <laughs> response <laughs> um, but I, I like Roger he's a really cool guy I've seen him a couple of times at Reading Fringe events have you have you um, been to the the comedy club it's I've above Smoking Billies club, no. in St Mary's Butt it's, it's, apparently it's a really nice little venue up there I've I have not, been to Smoking been. Billies a couple of times they have the, the Reading Fringe Festival after parties there oh, okay. um, and yeah like I say I've seen Roger do stand up at Reading Fringe Festival so he is, a, he is good. He was just starting out back then as well, so right. it'd be good to see him now that he's Definitely. a bit more established. I'm hoping to maybe go along in, in the to the June one, which would be really, really nice to go to. 
Um, All you eat ribs sounds good as well. It doesn't does, it? Really, yeah. Fifteen pounds for two courses ribs and a night of comedy. Comedy. Yeah, there. Will we be seeing him on things like Mock the Week soon? I don't know. I think he's very, very interested. I got the feeling he's very interested in, in getting this comedy club up and running. Um, I don't know. I'm sure he probably wouldn't turn it down. I suppose. I don't know. <laughs> so it's time for the random question. Ooh. So I've got the I Love Reading mug right in front of me. I've added some more random questions in there. I'm shaking it. Everybody hear it? That's the uh, that's all the questions. Um, who wants to pick? I think it's Hugh's go. Is it? Okay. You pick one, Hugh. Hand it to me. Thank you. This week's random question Are we going to answer this one or are we going to send it back <laughs> to another one? One thing you'd change about Reading. So Jenny, what have you got for me? It's a hard one, but I think I'm just going to go with Reading people's view of culture in Reading. Because so many people say, oh, there's nothing to do, there's nothing to do in Reading, there's nowhere to go. And it's just not true. It, you just have to look. You just have to spend a day walking around the town centre to see just how much there's going on. There's loads of independence, there's loads of groups organising events. There's, We've got, I think, I mean, we've obviously the Abbey's been closed for a little while, but Abbey Gateway's open now. We've got Forbury Gardens, we've got the prison. Okay, you can't go inside, but it's there. You can just walk around Reading and have a look. There are so many independent shops to shop at. There are so many pieces of theatre to go and see, so many music groups to go and watch. And I just think it's a real shame that people have this perception that there's nothing to do here because because massive acts don't come and play at the Hexagon, which of course they're not going to go, yeah. go to. We're 25 minute train ride away from London. <laughs> there, there, there's just there's no way that we're going to have a massive like with Beyonce is not going to play at the Hexagon is she? That's just ridiculous. Oh, Maybe Riff well, English well, <laughs> 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 um, But I just think it's really important that rather than constantly complaining that there's nothing to do with Reading we shout about the amazing things that we have done and okay they might not be huge events that that they get in big cities but guess what we're not a city yeah um and so just just have a look around go to a food market go to like there are there's a I think it's uh St Peter's Church um, no, St Luke's Church that does a food market once a month. There's Reading Farmers Market. There's the auction house. There is so much going on, and you just need to get out and and go and find it. If I may say, I mean, with, there's plenty of culture even just on this podcast week in week out. There's you know, comedy is culture. Um, we've had there's the plenty of that on our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you know, like Rod- Rodri's comedy nights we've just been talking Absolutely. about. Uh, they, you know, there's all sorts of things. I mean, I, I think you only have to look at the kinds of people we've had uh, in, being interviewed on on the podcast that you know Reading Beer Festival is one of the biggest beer festivals in the country and um, I think yeah you're absolutely right I think there's a lot of people that do assume there's nothing to do without actually looking mm. too deeply um, Hugh what I change about Reading it's um, one of everyone's favourite things to talk about in the town it's the IDR and okay. in particular getting on it and coming off it okay. I still at this point in my life cannot think of anywhere I've been driven in the country where you have to drive in a cross where there's traffic coming across behind and in front of you and you have to zigzag in front out of them it's the same on either exit when you're learning to drive and I can vouch for this because I spent a lot of time learning to drive it's uh, terrifying I heard someone talking about on the bus this morning to work about how getting onto the IDR is a I won't use the, the term that they use because it's not broadcastable but it's it's like 
they were talking about how they, they, the first time they did it, they just didn't know what to do. <laughs> well, why would you if you, know, you were a learning driver? It's an extraordinary piece of road design. And if I had my way and many billions of pounds, uh, I would get rid of it and come up with something more sensible. And obviously you paint a bit of it as well. I, would, I wouldn't waste money painting it. <laughs> and it's, it's an extraordinarily short area as well that you have to do this crossover. There's, there's really there's no time to mess about. You, it's, it's, it's a crazy piece. Of I think you're looking at it all wrong. You have to enjoy the experience. You have to <laughs> consider it a bit of a game. <laughs> I really like getting on and coming off of the idea because I just I do I do think oh what's going to happen today <laughs> is anyone going to let me out no I'm going to have to slow down and then creep in behind them no, and then and then this? all of a sudden they indicate and come off anyway yeah, yeah. Oh, and before you know it you're in Caversham <laughs> <laughs> um, great thanks guys that was that was good um, as I say we've got some more random questions in there if anybody has any random questions they want to send then we obviously you know keep them clean. But you know, we'll happily what take some expecting? of it. Well, you know what people are like. <laughs> um, events? Did we have any events? I'm not sure we discussed these earlier. No, we didn't. No, and there is lots and lots and lots going on in Reading this weekend. Um, first of all, Caversham Arts Trail is launching. It's running this weekend and next weekend, um, Saturday and Sunday, both weekends. I won't go through all of the houses and studios that are opening up for Caversham Arts Trail but I think there is there's something like 17, 18 venues and something like 40 artists taking part this year so have a look on Get Reading uh, for that information. We also have the launch of Reading Children's Festival which is uh, if you don't know I think it's in its 29th year uh, so it's been going for quite a long time but it's a three-week programme of events specially designed for children, culminating uh, in the uh, in, in the half-term, in May half-term or June half-term, whenever it falls this year. Um, and to, to kick it all off, there is the Forbury Fiesta in Forbury Gardens on Saturday, May 12th. It's starting, I think, at 11am. There is going to be a almost real-life dinosaur. It's a stegosaurus called Tiny. Um, and it moves around, it, it looks really, really realistic. Well, as realistic as I imagine a stegosaurus looks, I've never seen one in the yeah. flesh. So, <laughs> what? <laughs> so, but it looks as, as real as the ones that you see on Walking with Dinosaurs and those other Akira yeah. dinosaur programs. <laughs> um, so, if it's good enough, Rattenborough. Right, really <laughs> <laughs> uh, and children can pet it and feed it and even talk to it if they, if they speak stegosaurus. So that's going on. That particular event caused a bit of mirth, didn't it, in the office yesterday? Because I believe the headline was "See a real live dinosaur." Yeah, well, I was. Yeah, I wasn't letting that one go. And <laughs> 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 um, there are a couple of dance events on at the Hexagon as well on Friday and Saturday nights. So if you like ballet or ballroom, um, Ian Waite, famous Reading ballroom dancer, uh, is is coming back to Reading. So have a look at that. This is a really fun event, and and you know that we love the Museum of English Rural Life. So Merle in Redlands Road is running a meet the chickens event um and th th that's what's happening you can meet chicken ke keepers you can meet chickens and you can learn all about keeping chickens if that's something oh, wow. you're, you're keen <laughs> on doing um it looks like a really fun day um so that is i think it's children get in for free adults pay four pounds and it's running from 11 a.m to 4 p.m on sunday may the 14th be a treat to see the gift shop for that one <laughs> Uh, it's not Sunday, May the 14th, it's Sunday, May the 13th, apologies. Uh, Saturday, May 12th, um, it used to be called Berkshire Sailing 
training centre. It's now called something else. The Andrew Simpson Water Sports Centre. It's in Hanger Road in Solumstead. Um, and they are having a kind of water sport open day. Um, and you can try your hand at uh, wind sailing, windsurfing, yachting, all, all sorts. So that's going on 10 till 4 on Saturday. And then finally on Sunday, 10 till 4 as well, is the Burfield Mayfair. And they've got a dog show and a bake-off tent. Uh, so if you're in West Berkshire and are looking for something to do on Sunday, I think that will be good fun. Sounds good to me. Um, I wanted i asked jacob last week said he on the podcast he was going to go to several things that we brought up in both the events and when we were talking about reading beer festival i have asked him whether he did actually go to any of them i suspect not but he's not replied yet so we shall find out i spoke to him at cardiff i did i did and it was great such a good time did you drink all the beer was there any left for anyone else oh they only went on friday there was loads left even i can't drink 500 barrels of beer it was brilliant though some really really good though I tried, believe me. My my headache in the morning certainly told me that I'd tried my best. <laughs> but it was it was great fun. So so good. The pictures were good. Yeah, yeah, yeah they were really they were. good. Such a nice weekend for it as well. Um, I think I know they were expecting about fourteen thousand people over the weekend. I would imagine with the sun as it was, they might have done a little bit better than that. I would think because it was certainly heaving when I got there. At, uh, Five, half five on Friday. It was absolutely round. So. I think they must have ordered a few, a few more barrels of beer this year as well because yeah. I'm told that, that the beer lasted until uh, almost the close of play. Oh, wow. Well, that's Sunday. great. So that great. Good. Certainly a drinking culture in Reading. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you want to get involved in the show, you can follow and write to us on Twitter at Real Reading Pod. You can look us up on Facebook by searching Real Reading Podcast. And if you're able to, uh, please leave us a lovely review on Apple Podcasts. Five stars. Five stars. Only five stars. Six. Um, you can give a few four stars if you want, but that's fine. <laughs> um, if you know anyone you think would be great to interview for the podcast, please do let us know. The only prerequisite, I always struggle with that word, is that they must live or work in the town, and most importantly, they must love Reading. Uh, next week, we have Pete Hefferin from Shed uh, Sandwich Bar, which is I'm really looking forward to. called Shed Sandwich Bar. Okay, well, Shed, shed Cafe. Shed Cafe <laughs> is what it's called. Sorry, Pete. Um, <laughs> You found out an interesting fact about Pete. I didn't did, you? but I'm going to say that till next week. Oh, okay. And I don't oh, know. Also, tune when... in next week for more. <laughs> to be continued. Is this, is this us leaving it on a cliff? <laughs> I'm definitely leaving this on a cliff. Do we need the EastEnders drums? I also, doom, I also doom, need to double doom, check. Doom, doom. I also need to double check whether Pete minds us talking about that. So. Oh, well, you can find him on Google. All okay, oh, right, fine. so we're going to leave on a cliffhanger that may never get explained. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Um, yes, so uh, like that scene in, is it was it Dallas or whatever the show was where he went into a shower and came out and it was all a dream? No. Well, that was explained, clearly. It was a dream. Yeah, it was Fine. a dream. All right, well, this may never be explained. <laughs> anyway, um, so next week is Pete Heffern from Shed Cafe. Um, go look him up if you want to spoil the surprise. Um, that's all for now. Uh, we will see you in a week. Bye. 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 Hi, this is Rodders from the Stand and Deliver Comedy Club. You're listening to the Real Reading Podcast.